the crunch on the pirate's booty too much. What is it? What's in the pirate's booty? Like, what is it? You don't know what pirate's booty is? Welcome to the Ice Garden. Music with the, the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. This. 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 Is the Ice Garden. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis. I'm here with your co-host, Michelle J. Michelle, what's up? Not much. Just eating some pirate's booty. Yeah. Let's talk about how every single time we record, you decide to eat the crunchiest snack in your entire apartment. Okay. I only own crunchy snacks. Okay. We need to invest in some non-crunchy snacks. And I figured this was better than carrots. Okay, like... Which are super crunchy. It's true, but, like, again, non-crunchy snacks exist. You should invest in them. I would... I do want fruit snacks. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Fruit snacks are my shit. I ate those all the time in, like, high school and college. Like, pre-race... Pre-race snacks I would eat. Have I talked about this before? I'd eat, like, six... I'd eat, like, six things of fruit snacks before a race, which is maybe not... How would you not puke? It's maybe not the health... Six is maybe an exaggeration. I'd... But I ate more than one, um, little packet, like, before. Um, And it wasn't, like, right before a race. It was, like... Couple, two or three hours before. Okay, that makes sense. This weekend when I was uh, watching my boyfriend's nieces, I got hungry and raided their f- kitchen and found those like organic fruit snacks that are in bunnies. Oh. I ate five bags. Organic fruit snacks don't sound great. They were so good. Did they taste any different than regular fruit snacks? Yeah, they tasted better. They didn't taste very hmm. like, super fake. You have to send me the brand because I'm, I'm intrigued. It was the... It was the bunny brand. They I don't make mac and cheese too. I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I just look for the bunnies on the package. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing that was really good about them? <clears throat> organic. Oh, but right. So I ate like five bags because I was starving because That's... apparently babysitting a five and a four year old is exhausting. They, I, Big fucking surprise. They sound, they, I saw your Instagram post. They looked adorable. They're so adorable, but they're also exhausting. It, I mean, so I eat like five bags, and then I look at the bag, and it's like this is not a low cal snack. It's like a hundred <laughs> calories in each bag. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Whoops. That's uh, fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, so, what are you drinking? Okay. What are you drinking? Um, I found a bottle of wine in my fridge. Mm. It's called Irony. I'm sorry. It's called what? Irony. I freaking love it and i need it in my life <laughs> it's a chardonnay it's white it's called irony 15 <laughs> uh, i'm just having a glass of irony that's literally what i'm doing right i now. love it oh my god mine's so boring mine's just merlot barefoot merlot oh the bar- yeah the barefoot don't call themselves like cool things i it's it's my like default because that's what my mom drank the most of like when i was and we are mm-hmm. we are the two wine drinkers in my house um, and so like, that's just my, been my default, but I'm like kind of trying to branch out into other brands. But whenever I go into the liquor store, I sometimes just get overwhelmed and just go to what I know I like, which is barefoot. 
Plus, it's also, it's so cheap, too. Like, yeah. And I am cheapskates. Um, you know, thing. Yeah. I was, I actually, like, wandered down the beer aisle to, like, try and find, like, a, because I wanted, like, a cool-named beer, but it was more money than I was willing to spend at that time, so I just walked out without buying anything different. Yeah, you should try to find um, a place that you can do make-your-own six-packs, because then you can get a bunch of different stuff. I feel like, that's a good idea. I feel like this place should have something like that, I just don't know if they do. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so we are going to be talking about basically just playoffs all episode because women's hockey is great and everything happens at the same time. So we've got like five different leagues who all had playoff stuff going on this weekend. And the NCAA is done. Um, the NWHL and the CWHL had their first round of the playoffs. The Australian Women's Hockey League is done. The SDHL had a, a playoff series this weekend. I believe the Russian League is starting their playoffs. Yeah, they're getting ready to start. If they've started already, let us know. But I'm pretty sure they have not yet. Um, but every, everything is happening. Um, Michelle, do you want to start with something? I'm trying like there's so much. Like I feel like we should start with the the only league to end. Okay. Okay, the NCAA. So I think we should start with the NCAA. Okay. Um, well, I guess they're not the only league because I, I think the Australian league's over. But maybe we should we'll start. Sa- maybe we should start with that because like we don't we didn't have like a ton to talk about the Australian league, but it was something that we wanted to mention. Um, that is true. So let's the Australian see. league exists. Yes. So let's open with the AWIHL had their final, their grand final, which I freaking love that they call it their grand final. Like the grand so- final. It sounds way cooler than like just a regular final because it's the grand final. I know. Um, so it was the Melbourne Ice and the Sydney Sirens. And the Melbourne Ice won, which, like, kind of made me sad because I like their jerseys, but, like, I really enjoy the Sydney Sirens just as, like, a concept, like, as a, te- as a team and as a concept. And so, and, like, they were going for back-to-back titles, so I kind of was sad that they didn't get that. But at the same time, like... So, uh, Alyssa Longmere, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, um, wrote an article for us on the Ice Garden. The Ice have won six championships in eight years. So, like, you want to talk about dominance in women's sports, like, freaking the Melbourne Ice are just annihilating everyone, and it's amazing. I mean, not, not if you're not the Ice, but, like, if you're on Melbourne, like, life's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Pretty crazy. Um. Pretty crazy too that like in the grand champion or the grand final. The grand final. Grand final. Uh players scored four goals. Like Jessica Pinkerton. 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 Which like natural hat trick and then you just add another one because like why not? Like okay. Just shits and gigs. Yeah, you know. Um final score of this game was four to two. Four to two. Thank you. So she's so going, wait, she just scored all the goals. Oh my god, holy shit. So basically it's like Jessica Pinkerton for uh Sydney Sirens too. That's nuts. So basically just throw her a parade. Like yeah. get a parade for the team and then throw a separate parade for Jessica Pinkerton. And yeah. 
So congratulations to the Melbourne Ice. Um, good luck. And Jessica. And Jessica Pinkerton. But yeah, c- congratulations to Jessica Pinkerton. Um, I feel like it's like a band name. Jessica Pinkerton and the Melbourne Ice. Definitely should be. And they should just rename the team that next year. Um, so yeah, congratulations to the Ice for their grand final championship. Um, the medals look sick. I'm looking at a photo. So... Um, yeah, that was cool. Um, but yeah, then moving on to the NCAA, which also had their championship this past weekend in Minnesota. Um, the final was between Colgate and Clarkson. So you had, like, the storylines just wrote themselves with this. So you had the defending champs who were looking for their back-to-back titles. And then you had Colgate, who had never been to a Frozen Four ever, upset Wisconsin okay. to, to qualify Crazy. for the, like. I was just I was just blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, did that game go to overtime? Everything blurred together this weekend. Yes, I think so. Yeah, it went it went to overtime, and oh, it was um oh she has a hyphenated last name. Can't remember her name. Scored a hat trick. It was a hat trick goal for the overtime winner. Brianne Wilson Bennett was the one who scored the overtime game winner for Colgate to beat Wisconsin, which like. I was, when they went to overtime, like, you know, you get a shot. Like, both teams have an actual chance to, like, win. But I still thought Wisconsin was going to win. Yeah. And then Colgate just rolls in and and, and qualifies. Um, and then OSU and Clarkson went to overtime, too, over on the other side of the bracket. But Clarkson won that one with a goal by, who scored the game-winning goal? They both yeah, that was a 1-0 game, too. Okay. Let me double-check something, but, like, can we talk about how Clarkson couldn't score freaking any goals? So, against Mercyhurst, right? So, they beat Mercyhurst 2-1 to in overtime. They beat OSU 1-0 to in overtime. And they beat Colgate 1-0 to in overtime. Like, they came in clutch when it mattered, but they were having some trouble... Yeah, scoring three goals and or running into like hot goaltenders all weekend, which like yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, so the winner for the OSU game with Clarkson was oh that's right Lauren Gable. Yeah, so I was really sad like watching that game, um because of Cassidy Sav or Sabe or however you say her last name, um like there was a photo that somebody tweeted. I think it was Nate Wells after like the Clarkson scored their overtime game winner against OSU and Cassidy's just like slumped like yeah and it was just so upsetting but Colgate gave Clarkson I I'm just really excited for the future of Colgate like we'll have to see what happens next year because all of the Olympians are going to return to their teams and so Mm -hmm. I think and things are going to get a little bit more competitive and like Teams change from year to year, but I think this is a team that will hopefully, like, take the momentum that it got this year and continue to carry that through. Yeah, I think it'll be definitely interesting for teams like Colgate, who haven't historically been super strong and also won't gain a bunch of people back. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, we saw BC suffer this year a lot. Uh, Not that they didn't have strong players in... Daryl Watts and Catherine Longer in and 
uh, Tony Ann, Miano. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think losing a lot of, like, a bunch of Olympians hurt them. Oh, yeah. And uh, then you, I would say especially on their blue line. Well, you And then you lose, like, Caleb Barnes midseason. So, like, even after yeah. your initial, like, Olympians are gone, then you lose someone else, too. Yeah, I'm excited for next season. Colgate and OSU, I think, were both two teams that nobody really expected to make the Final Four. Like, they were yeah. not. They were not really. Um, I expected Colgate to get past Northeastern. Yeah, that Northeastern. Yeah, that one was could have gone either way, but Colgate but I think I was a favorite. Did not expect them to beat Wisconsin. Yeah. That was holy shit. I don't. Yeah. I don't know that anyone expected that. Like, mm-hmm. it was Shea Tiley though. No. That was Clark. That's Clarkson. Um, yeah. Colgate. Was it Van Dyke who was in goal for them? Um, they just. They have the talent on that team, like, and I think they yeah. they are a very like resilient group just in general, and I think maybe coming in as the underdogs helped them. Um, I think like one of the things about them is they don't really, and I would I would argue the same with Clarkson a little bit. Uh, though less so is that Colgate really doesn't have that like big name standout player. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no Daryl Watts, there's no Victoria Bach. Um, they didn't have anyone nominated for Patty Kaz. Yeah, and I think that just it, them being able to get this far proves that like how well rounded they are. I think also they got they got like big games from their players when they needed them. Like yeah. um Wilson Bennett with her hat trick against Wisconsin, like they needed mm-hmm. that. And then Julia because they got outshot too by Wisconsin two to one, basically. It was like forty eight to twenty something. Forty eight to twenty four. So literally two to one. Um but like Julia Van Dyke in goal, like was freaking stellar. And yeah. the shots that they did get, like the ones that went and needed to go in. So, like, they, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if we'll see them in the Frozen Four next year. But I also kind of don't want to bet against them because they've proved this year, like, that they are legit. Like, I think they need to be in the conversation. Yeah, it'll be interesting for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. I love the college scene is so exciting right now. Like, I love. Yeah. And and next year, getting everybody back and seeing, like, some of the newbies, like, um, Alina Mueller is coming to Northeastern mm-hmm. next year. Like, oh, my God. It's hopefully. What do you mean, hopefully? Well, she has to, like, clear all those papers and the visa shit. I mean, that's true. But hopefully that's not an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, moving. Also, before we move on from the NCAA, um... They we don't they announced the Petty Cas winner this year. Um, finalists were Lauren Gable, Victoria Bach, and Daryl Watts. Winner was drumroll please, Daryl Watts. Surprise! Like not nah, not really. Like she was the lead, she was the nation's leading scorer. Like it was not close. Well, what is interesting though is she's the first freshman ever to win the award, which like is a huge deal. Yeah. Um, also, like, there's been only one other person to win twice, Jennifer Botterill. So, like, Daryl Watts has three more chances to win this award again. 
Like, maybe we see her win twice. Would be cray cray. Um, and at least we know she can't pull a Megan Augusta and get nominated four times and never oh, win. That's just so sad. It's still so my favorite sad. stump hand I've ever used. It's so devastating. I feel like she is she the only one that happened to? Yeah. I thought I was going through because I was trying to count players who had been nominated four times, and I thought Hannah Brandt had two. But I'm not sure. Hannah Brandt two, Hannah Brandt three. No, she got 2014. 2015, 2016. She oh, she did. Yeah. In 2013. Damn it. Wah, wah. Which, like, okay, whatever. Well, yeah, at least she won't be Hannah Brandt or Megan Augusta. She's one okay. for. She's Hannah a- Brandt lost to Amanda Kessel, Jamie Lee Rattray, Alex Carpenter, Holy and Kendall sh- Coyne. Holy shit. She wasn't even. <laughs> okay, here's the worst part about Hannah Brandt. At least Megan Augusta was in the top three finalists. By the time Hannah Brandt got to her final year, she wasn't in the top three. In 2013, the top three were Kessel, Bozek, and Ratu. Jesus Christ. In 2014, it was Rattray, Brandt, and Jillian Solionaire. Solonier. Solonier. In 2015, it was Carpenter, Brandt, and uh, Poulin. And in 2016, which Hannah Brandt was in the top 10, was Coyne, Carpenter, and uh, and Renee. Really? That sucks. Anne Renee did, wow. She went on to win the next year, 2017. Well, yeah, I'm interested that she made the final, the top three the year before. Yeah, because like that's how that's freaking it's freaking hard to do that as a goalie. Like, although yeah. you know, I was talking or I wasn't talking to, but like a couple people have mentioned how difficult it is for defenders to like kind of get credit where it's due for the Patty Cavs because a lot of times it's like who's the best scorer in the yeah. in the nation, or if you have a really good goalie, it's it's easy to kind of point and say, oh, well, they're excellent. But like defenders, unless you like. Freak, unless you, like, lead the nation in scoring, like, there were a couple defenders who, like, led their conference in scoring or, like, I think, like, Sidney Baldwin had a really good year. Um, oh, who else is on this list? Who's like, Tony Anmiano is brilliant, but, like, you're if you're not scoring goals, like, it's very difficult, I think, to get consideration, and it's hard to measure, like, what makes a good defender. Only one defender has ever won the Patty has. Really? Who? Yeah. In 2004. In 2000? Oh, my God. Can you give me the top ten? You know who it is. I know who it is. Oh, oh, Julie Chu. No. Oh. Oh. No, I bet she wasn't a defender in college. Julie Chu wasn't a defender. Okay. She was a forward at Harvard. She She went to Harvard. She plays defense now. Or she played defense now. Uh, I know who it is. Canadian or American? Or... Something or other American. I know who she, she is. She has a gold medal. Two thousand mm-hmm. two thousand four. Mm-hmm. You can do this. I. Mm-hmm. 
The only other name I recognize on the list, well, I know uh, is uh, from 2004, is Let. She has a gold medal, which means she was on 98, and she's a defender. Oh, Michelle, I do not know this roster well. And I especially don't know who's a forward. You definitely know who she is. She was, like, very involved in the Olympic broadcasts. She handed out the medals. Oh, Ruggiero. Thank you. Hey. I pretty much gave you her name without saying Yeah, you said, you said she handed out the medals, and that's what it was. <laughs> I know. I knew who did that. Uh, real, and she's, she's the only defender. In 2004. You know, does it say, Michelle, how many defenders have made the top three? Uh, no, and I don't have the time to do that. Can you send me the link of whatever you're looking at? Yeah. Um, there's only been one, two, three goalies to win, including uh, Anne Renee. Okay, but three goalies have won, and one defender has won. Like, yeah. That oh just Jesse Vetter is the other one of the goalies in 2009, and the other goalie was in 2000 with uh, and it was Allie Brewer. Hmm. Everybody else is listed as a forward. See, I hate how they, I just slacked you the link. I, I'm looking at it. I hate how they list their names and okay, so like let's in um, like yellow. I can't really read that. Come on. So. I'm looking at I'm looking at top three. It's kind of like just doing a cursory because I know most of these players. Well, so so I'm like Lan- yeah, John. I know most of these players. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not seeing really. Are you counting defenders or goalies? Because I'm, I'm counting goalies. I'm trying to count defenders. Like there are some. Okay, I'll count goalies. So, but there are some of these names as we get like further back that I don't know. I'm like Julie played. She like she was a forward in college, so like that doesn't count. Um, yeah, I'd have to Google some of this shit. I don't know some of these older players. We'll come back with the answer. Yeah, later. maybe next week. Next or, week. like, in the summer, like, when this stuff is over, we have time to, like, fall down on another Wikipedia rabbit hole and not try and cover 600 leagues having their championships wow. in the same weekend. Um, okay, we need to move on from the NCAA. <laughs> I'm really... The, the padded cast is fascinating. We should talk about this more. Um, but... Yeah, let's move on. We've talked about the NCAA a lot. Um, let's talk about the CWHL because, Jesus Christ, there was a lot that happened this weekend. Do we, uh, do we talk well. about freaking Mar... Oh, my God. Hold on. Do we talk about freaking Markham sweeping Montreal or do we talk about the triple overtime game with Cleveland <sighs> and Calgary? Uh, let's start with... Uh, Markham. Yeah. Um, okay, so, like, editing last week's episode, like, I know we briefly mentioned that, like, this was not the same Markham team that, like, started this season because they got Megan Bozek and three Olympians. And so I feel like one of the mailbag questions we got was, like, were you surprised that Markham swept Montreal? Like, kind of, but also, like, no. Because it was a totally different team that played Montreal. And, like, also, didn't they have a really good end of schedule? Like, they weren't playing Montreal and Calgary at the end. Yeah. Yeah. They, like, slid into the finals being like, yo, we're just going to, like, straight up chill. Yeah, because, like, Vanky had to play, like, Montreal and Calgary all the time. And Markham played, like, Boston and Toronto ending the year. And I mean, like to end the year, Markham did need to get a point 
against Boston. It came down to like that last the first game of the last weekend. But but like it was it was like Markham would have had to get swept by Boston in regulation, which wasn't going to yeah. happen. And and Vanky I think had to would have had to have won like all of their games or at least yeah. one game. Like they had to get a certain like maybe three out of four points. I can't remember what the scenario. It was it was going to be difficult to do. It was pretty much a lock. Yeah. And so, like, but what really was interesting to me, and I was, like, looking back at the stats, was, like, you know, we talk about the Olympians they got back in, like, um, in Laura Stacy and, oh, God, um, not Rougeau, that's Montreal, Laura Stacy and LeBrock and... Fortino? Yes, thank you. Um, and plus Bozak, but, like... It was Rattray who scored the overtime winner in the in game one, a shorthanded overtime winner, mind you, which is nuts. So, which is freaking just like, um, I know Robin and Jared on the broadcast were talking about how she's their pick for MVP, which I think she should. Kelly Stack for me is also up there just because she also leads the league in scoring, but I think Rattray's a good pick, and then it was Jenna McFarland. Mc, Parlin, who had a hat trick in game two. Like, so those players, they added depth for Markham, but like, the reason ultimately that the team won was like the players who've been there all year who have stepped up into the roles that they had to fill. Definitely. Um, I think Rattray has just, she's my vote for MVP because she's stepped up so much for her team when they needed her in a centralization slash Olympic year. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, like, I think that should be the mark of an MVP is not necessarily Kelly Stack being dominant, but the most valuable player to her team and like would be her. And I think you have to consider too, like Kelly Stack is an interesting case because she's on a team that's like so dramatically like it's built dramatically different than Markham is Mm -hmm. and so like she's getting a lot of points but that's because a lot of those international imports are the ones getting a lot of those points so like so Hickle has a ton Stephanie Anderson has a lot like you could go down the list like Rattray is and she's just so good too. Like as as far as like making the Olympic team, like she should be in consideration, even though she's not. Like she's got the skill, I think, to be a national team player. And yeah. and you're right. Like in a year where they needed her to be excellent, she was. Yeah. And I think Yeah. I agree. I don't know what I think. I was, what I was gonna think. I okay. I have a question for you. Yes. Um, who do you... I don't know if I want to say this. I want to talk about Emirates Mashmeyer Because she had that really good performance at Worlds in 2016, right? Where she was just lights out in the gold medal game. And it, yeah. and it felt like kind of a, a coming out party for her on like an an international stage and she had it she had a really good year last year too like just number wise but I feel like whenever I watch her I get nervous and I I guess I want to ask can you blame her 
for this loss or does this kind of fall more on Montreal's collective shoulders? Hmm. I don't think you can I feel like that's a good question like overall for a bunch of teams. Yeah. Like is it the is it a goalie's fault or did the team cuz it is just like one person the goalie where like Everybody kind of has to score, too. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Like, I don't like I don't think that the reason that Montreal lost is because of Emirates Mashmeyer. That's not what I'm trying oh, to yeah. say. But, like, I don't know. I just don't. Maybe it's because I'm trying to compare what I saw at Worlds to how she's playing now. And, like, it's not. I don't know if you can replicate that. Like, yeah. Like that was not hmm. one game where she was just absolutely one of the top 5 goalie performances I've ever seen. And and I mean you can't do that all the time. And like I don't know. I, Montreal was still good. They still gave Markham a run for their money. I would argue ugh. So in those two games those two playoff games, she yeah, let's look had at this. 48 saves. Okay. I'm really struggling to find the other two games. The other, oh, there they are. Yeah, I'm pulling up stats now, too, because now I want to look at this. Because, like, I was able to watch. They didn't broadcast the first game, which, like, why? Why? That's a whole yeah, I didn't other, understand their broadcast schedule at all. whole other conversation. And, like, and then we'll talk about this later when we talk about the Cunling Calgary, but, like, that game almost didn't get broadcast. Like, what? But that's, again, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, you're right. They do have to score. And, like, that. so they scored one goal in game two. Um, and one game in game, one goal. They scored a goal in both games. Which, like, you're not. I just, it, it from what it looks like, it doesn't look like Emirates Mashmeyer had a great game. But, I don't know. I'd say she's probably... I mean, Mashmar didn't have I'm a good sorry, game. Like a lot of people didn't have good games. Yeah. And and freaking like like Erica Howe was really good. Like she was very good for Markham in that. And I think I mean McPartland stepped up, Rattray stepped up, like Markham brought their A game in Montreal. I, I don't know. They just they just didn't have it. I like no hate to Markham. I feel like they came in as the underdogs. Oh, definitely. But again, and not, not the same team. Yeah. And I would maybe hot maybe this is a hot take. I'd maybe say that it was Montreal's game to lose. I think you're right. No, um, I definitely think you're right. Especially- and maybe they came in a little too like, hey, hey, look at us. I don't know. Eh. Or overconfident, I guess, is more what I mean than, like, hey, hey, look at us. Hillary Knight, like, ah, like, I don't know. I noticed her, but, like, I don't feel like she ever really clicked with this team. She had said that she was having to relearn all of their systems. And they put her at center, right? She's used to being a wing, and they put her at a center. Yeah. Which, like, why would you do that? <laughs> 
you have one of the top offensive weapons in the entire women's hockey world, and you're like, can you, like, do a different position than you're used to playing? Thanks. Let's try something in, new with you. In systems that you already don't know. This is, this yeah. is fine. Um, should I say my hot take? Yes. Do it, do it, do it. So, it just doesn't make sense that she would go into this knowing nothing like the systems would be so different and she would be so non so what's the word I'm looking for like like going into it just totally blind basically yeah and like non-helpful to her team (laughs) Um, non-helpful me that's pretty much what she was okay anyway finish your thought because I have a so my my hot take of the week of the week of the I mean it was a hot take I think of the day this when is, I told you this is I mean this is a podcast with the hot takes and the hard liquor so like I know go for it that we're both drinking wine you know what this is my hard liquor my hot take was that I think I a I think Knight expected them to make it through Markham yep and b you have to kind of think that she knew she wasn't going to be able to make a difference and ergo that she was doing it for the splash factor and the OMG factor and the want to push the one league rather than the, I really want to play Mm. factor because I mean, okay. I thought she was going to go to Montreal no matter what next season. Yeah. I don't think you're alone with that. Like, it wasn't, like, the fact that she went to Montreal wasn't a shock to me. I don't think that move was the shocking thing or the thing that she was trying to use to make a splash. Uh But I think it was the fact that she went this season and didn't really do anything and was having to relearn all these systems that, to me, was kind of a... Here's here's my the splashy count- reasons. Here's my counter yes. to that. I I I agree. Okay, so not shocked she went to Montreal. Um, was it maybe a splash factor? I could I can see that Hillary Knight has never been one to like shy away from the spotlight. She knows she's a famous hockey player and she uses it like. How do I want to say this without sounding like an ass? Because I'm not trying to make her sound like she's a terrible person for using her spotlight. Like, she knows she's a famous hockey player, and she, like, uses that to her advantage with, like, sponsorships and stuff. Again, yeah. at, like, like as she should. Like, she's the... She's one- smart about her name. Yes. She's one of the best hockey players in the world, and she's smart about, like, her celebrity factor, quote-unquote. Hashtag brand. Yes. She has a great brand. Do I think... Like... I think she came, I think her, like, inability to click with the team and learn the systems fast enough, like, is not, like, because we've seen Olympians come back into um, pro leagues before and do really well. Like, when Toronto won in 2014, like, they had got, like, Natalie Spooner came back and helped them to a Clarkson Cup. And she fit in just fine. Like, maybe because she knew the systems already. But, like, Spooner came back and was fine. And, like, um, like, I feel like it's just such a 50-50. Like, sometimes you, you click and sometimes you don't. Like, 
Knight's not the only player to come in late. Like, NWHL teams picked up a couple players late. Like, um, Kelsey Colzer came in for the Riveters last year, like, last minute. And she kind of had trouble fitting in, too. But I feel like it just... I think it just depends on the player. I don't think Knight went in being like, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to help them, but I'm just going to come anyways for, like, hashtag publicity. Like, I think she came in genuinely thinking she was going to help. And, like, she is an excellent player. I just don't think she ever really found a spot on a team. I don't know if comparing it to Kelsey Colzer is fair, though. Because Kelsey Colzer... Why not, though? Like, because they're both players who are going out of teams that are completely new to them. But I don't think it's... Well, yeah. I don't think it's fair to compare... I don't think it's fair to compare Colzer to Knight in terms of skill level. But I think it's fair to say you're basically plucking them and, like, throwing them onto a team where they don't know... Well, Knight probably knows some players on um, Montreal. And I don't know if Colzer knew anybody in the ribs. But, like, they, they've never played with them before. They're brand new. And they both struggled. But, like... They're not the only players who have done that. And some players have had success with it. And you just, you don't know until you try. Yeah, that's true. And I guess I'm not, I want to make it clear here. I'm not saying that Knight went to the CWHL to make a splash. I don't think, I I strongly believe that Hillary Knight does what Hillary Knight fucking wants to do. (laughs) She's worried about one person. Two, one person. Two people, because you have to include Winston. Okay, she's worried about one person and one dog. Yes. And I, like, to- that's totally fair to do. You know, you I, everybody in their normal life, like, normal people. Because <laughs> obviously Hillary Knight is not a normal person. Like, does the same exact thing. You worry about what's best for your life, and I think that's what she's doing here. And yeah. so I'm not trying to say that, like, Knight was trying, like, purposely dissed the NWHL by going to the CWHL in general. Yeah, this, like, was, this was not her Knight flipping the bird at the NWHL yeah. at all. But I think it was a well-timed move mm-hmm. in terms of the whole one-league movement. <laughs> Ugh. And I think the fact that she struggled so much kind of adds to that idea mm-hmm. because it's like it, it just brings up the question again it just it, like her struggling at least to me begs the question of well if it was a brand new team with brand new systems why would you make such a big deal of going right now which is why I think it's different than Kelsey Colzer joining or Mary mm, Parker joining yeah. in that it was a bigger deal. It wasn't a college kid signing with a pro team mm-hmm. at the end of the season trying to get their feet wet. This was a very fucking big deal, whether it should have been or not. I mean, we saw like actual major places cover this move. Like, well, but like maybe that's why. Like you like like you said, she's smart with her brand. And so like she had to know if she was gonna sign in a quote unquote rival league, like that places were gonna cover it and women's hockey was gonna yeah. be in the news again. So like again, like you said, that's not the only reason she signed. That's not or that's not the reason she signed. Like there were other factors at play here. But like did she maybe know that if she signed even just for the playoff run that she was gonna get a lot of coverage for it? Absolutely. Can yeah. she use that to her advantage during this post-Olympic, like, 
for lack of a better Boo-ha-ha. term, like honeymoon phase, like absolutely. Yes, I think that's what I've been trying to say is that like her not making an impact on her team doesn't really surprise me because she definitely knew that she why she was signing this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and sometimes it just takes me longer to get to what I'm trying to say <laughs> than most people. Take a long road. Um, let's talk about, actually, before we move on really quick, I want to say how sad I am that this is potentially Carolyn Willett's last season. Nope, um, we're not talking about that. Can't handle. I really Moving hope, on. I hope she changes her mind and comes back because I want her to, I want Julie Chu, or I want Liv Chu Willett in the Clarkson Cup. And I also See, want Carolyn Willett to retire on top because she's wonderful and I love her. <laughs> Sorry, I just got the chill. That was fun. <laughs> okay, but yeah, moving on. Oh man, we talked about that a long time. That's okay. <laughs> That's there, fine. There was a lot to we talk spent about. like thirty minutes on the patty cap again. So <laughs> <laughs> we we spent like an hour on Bulgaria one episode. Like this shit happens. Um, Conlin and Calgary. I can we talk about can we talk about how last week we were like I think the longer the series goes, the more. Calgary's gonna have an advantage because they have the depth, and like it literally went to three games, triple goddamn overtime, and yeah. Cullen still won. Like, <laughs> um, I, I would argue that Cullen won because of Nora. Oh, absolutely! Give her the MVP trophy right now. Like, yeah. Anyway, Nora, Nora Rachu deserves a freaking medal. Like, I. It, it was definitely the longest game in CWHL history, but I kind of, I don't know what the longest, like, shutout, like, streak is, like, just in hockey in general. Like, we were asking some people on social media, like, the longest um, overtime game. I'm like, there are some leagues that have gone to, like, freaking eight overtimes or, like, five overtimes. So, like, this wasn't the longest, but I want to know how many games have gone to, like, triple overtime scoreless. Because, like, Delaney Bryan and Nora Ratu were out of their damn minds on Sunday. Um, did you see someone asked Nora how much she drank during the game? <laughs> no, I didn't. Hold on, I'm trying to find it. I can't find it now. Was it a tweet? But it was something like, like, she drank, like, four liters of water. Oh, my God. Before the game. Oh, here it is. Before About the game. four liters of water before the game. Another four to five during, plus three pre-workout drinks, a meal, repl- a meal replacement shake, two protein bars, fruits, and two Gatorades. <laughs> and then... Wait, and this then is, someone this was is all like, during the game? Um, no, the four... I, I think four to five liters during... She doesn't specify. Like, they had to be, just, well, they had to be eating shit during like that's two games you played two games oh she drinks pre-workouts before maybe during um she's just a machine just like pour everything like you at that point you're just dying wait and then someone was like (laughs) do you pee all the time (laughs) (laughs) which she answered and she said all the time after on ice warm-ups between every period could you imagine having to take all of your goalie gear off between periods? No. Why are we talking about it? Also, I really enjoyed Alex Carpenter getting the game winner. And yeah. Just because it felt like poetic justice. 
There's a lot of things that felt poetic this week. So Conley got shut out in game one. Um, yes, they did. And then one, three, two, and OT. I'm pulling up the score sheet so I can look at what happened because oh, I was not able to watch that game, unfortunately, because there were 800 goddamn games going on at the same time this weekend. Blair Turnbull scored a goal, assisted by Brianne Jenner, those two Olympians who came back. Um, Gavrilova, who Gavrilova got hurt in the in game three and didn't come back for Calgary, which was like they have a lot of depth on their team anyways, but like Gavrilova is a big part of that team. And so I think that really yeah. did, especially when you're playing like all, like basically two games, like you lose a player like her and that's going to hurt you. You have a lot of depth, but it's going to hurt. Um, but Stephanie Anderson got that overtime goal in game two, assisted by Kelly Stack and Jessica Wong, who, like, I feel like we don't talk about her enough. She's really been, like, a player who's flown under the radar, who I think has been very... Jessica Wong? Mm-hmm. Who's been very valuable yeah. to Cunlin, who we don't... We, like, we talk about Kelly Stack and Zoe Hickel, I think, because they're former NWHL players, and so we knew them kind of better. Yes, she was on Calgary for three years before going to Cunlin ah. um, as a... Uh, non-import yeah as a non-import kind of an import um, as a but she only played so okay so, but so last year she only played two games was she hurt she must have been hurt she must have been hurt mm. she played 24 in the year before hashtag storyline well, the year before but like she has been especially because like most of Cundland's import players are like forwards like Hickel and Stack and Lilanes Lanes and Stephanie Anderson, Cheyenne D'Arcangelo, how do I forget about her, Rachel Lanais, um, Alex Carpenter, like, but Taylor Martin and Jessica Wong and Melanie Ju, to an extent, are, I think, kind of mm-hmm. the anchors on defense. But, like, Jessica Wong, to me, I think has been, like, the MVP of Cullen's defense. And we're not, we, we don't really talk about her that much, but, like, watching her... In the game that we saw in when the two China teams played in Boston, and also watching her in in this game three for Cumberland Calgary, like she was a standout. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I think I definitely noticed her more in that um, China versus China game, mm-hmm. the Cumberland versus Vanky game, which you know, because I, I I think it's also a problem of being a defender is, and we talked about this earlier. It's just so hard to quantify defenders, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in women's hockey where we see like a huge issue with stat reporting. Mm-hmm. And also like anything beyond shots. Which as we've seen today, <laughs> shots are a little less, leave much to be desired. Yeah, and like, um, oh god, I had a point What it was, son of a bitch. Like, I feel like if we could see TOI better, time on ice for women's hockey, yeah, yeah. we would get a better sense of what defenders are doing. Um, I think if blocked shots were more betterly... Were, were better reported. Were better reported. Um, we would also have more of that. Mm-hmm. I think in women's hockey, the lack of stat reporting is just really hurting. Yeah, for sure. I do also, I think, want to say, though, that Delaney Bryan played very well 
but I mm-hmm. think it got, I mean, it got to the point in triple OT where it was just going to be like, the, the goal that ended the game was a really good one, but you could tell that everybody was tired and it was just kind of going to be like yeah. whoever made the biggest mistake that the other team could capitalize on. And like Brian and Ratu both did like a really good job, like, because there were several times before that final goal where things could have been over. Like there were breakaways and good opportunities that they both just like dropped them blind. I think a lot of, like, no matter what, no matter what league, no matter what anything, third period, or triple overtimes always are never great. Mm-hmm. It, it Like you said, it comes down to the first team to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, you're playing a fully second game. I, I will say, though, like, also, too, I'm glad that they were able to play three overtimes. Like, mm-hmm. I know I know Calgary missed their flight home, and, like, players got back at, like, 4 a.m. the next morning and then had to go to goddamn work. Like, freaking nuts. But, like, I'm glad it didn't go to a shootout, and I'm glad yeah. they, that they were able to play until there was a winner. Like, Oh, yeah, same. Well, question for you, actually. Okay. Well, okay, yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead. Would you rather see, like, X amount, like, two overtimes and then a shootout? Because I just, I feel no. like the third overtime becomes a shootout kind well, of anyway. The third overtime's a crapshoot. You maybe see three overtimes and then a shootout? At that, no. But, like, because, like, at that point, I'm like, just keep playing. Like, just keep going until it's over. Like... <laughs> I, I like I like the one overtime and shootout format because it's like okay you had your chance now we're just gonna do this but like yeah if you go to two overtimes like don't just don't go to a shootout at that point you've made you've com- you've committed to playing it out yeah so like looking ahead at Clarkson Cup we got two mailbag questions in and they're both they're both predictions which I think we should make anyways. Ugh. Who, who I fucking you, hate predictions. I know. I was but, so wrong in the NCAA. Was <laughs> I can't even remember. I can't even remember what I said. I think well, I, I think I said I Clarkson Cl- was going to win. Both, I think we both picked Clarkson. Yeah, but I didn't see Wisconsin losing. Okay, well, who freaking did? Like, That's thanks, true. thanks, Colgate. You just blew up all our brackets. Um, I think. Which, like, I'm not exactly mad about. Okay, no, me neither. Uh, I think Markham wins. Hmm. Be- just because, like, I feel like this first playoff series was really them making a statement, and, like, nobody is talking about Markham because, again, we've, I've said this, like, a hundred times, the Markham that we're seeing now is not the Markham that started this season, and I think people yeah. are severely underestimating the Thunder. Also, Erica Howe is playing some excellent hockey, and I feel like yeah. I don't, like... Nora Ratu is in a different, I think, sphere than Erica Howe is. But Erica Howe is a very good goalie. And an Erica Howe on top of her game, like, is very hard to beat. And you've got and you've got a team in front of her like you do with four Olympians on the roster and like a a team that has stepped in and stepped up their game without those Olympians for the majority of the season. Like, that's gonna be a hard damn team to beat. I kind of want to pick Cumlin, just the opposite of you. <laughs> I mean, it's it's tricky because, like, Cumlin, skill-wise, I mean, like, Kelly Stack has been playing, like, a, a person possessed, and, like, 
Rightfully so. And Zoe Hickel on her line has been so damn good. And Jessica Wong has been really good. And Nora Ratu is Nora Ratu. And like, and then you've got Alex Carpenter and Stephanie Anderson and Rachel Lanais, who's been really like steady for them. Like, for, for me, it comes down to depth. But I guess, I don't know. I mean, if, you, if they can take down Calgary, like, I mean, and this, it's a one game thing. Like, it's going to be who shows up. So, like... See, that's part of the reason why I think Cumlin's going to win. I just... I struggle to say that they've had this underdog mentality all season. Because, like, look at their roster. They're clearly not the (laughs) underdogs. Maybe more, like, something to prove mentality. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to go with Cumlin. I think it's a fair, like... You're right. I think they do have something to prove. And I think they've kind of had, like, a chip on their shoulder because people are like, oh, like, the China expansion teams. Nah, 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 nah. But, like... Look at the sports advisors or ambassadors or whatever yeah, they're called. Um, yeah, There's, like, a whole other conversation to be had about, like, how their rosters are constructed and, like, what that means versus, like, how the rest of the CWHL teams are built. But, like, ultimately, they're still in this league because they're trying to win a championship. And so... And, like, for, like Digit Murphy as the head coach. Like, Digit is very intense. Like, Digit's here to win. Like, Oh, yeah. And so I feel Digit like... Digit would be here to win no matter who she was coaching. Yeah. And, like, I feel like, you know, the players have bought into that, too. Like, they're here. Yeah. And especially now that they're out of the first round. Like, now that they can see the end in sight. Like, they're here to, like, win a championship. Because can you can you imagine... If Cunlin, like, if an expansion team wins the league championship, like, that would be enormous for, like, it'd be a big splash in the CWHL, but, like, China would, like, be instantly, like, that's a huge win for their program. It's going to be, I'm so, it's going to be a damn, like, it's not at all what I expect, like, I think last Mm-mm. week, I think we said we were going to see a rematch. We were like, oh, it's Montreal-Calgary, and it's literally the complete opposite. Yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be so much fun. I can't wait. It definitely is. I think I'm into the fact that it's opposite and that we weren't able to predict it. Because to me, it speaks a little bit more to, like, where, women, where women's hockey stands right now, that we are both like, oh, yeah, this is it. And then it was like, wah. And and even when it's, like, there are clear favorites, like, Montreal and Calgary were, like, the favorites coming in, and, like, it didn't, it didn't matter. Like, yeah, it's, it's so much fun. Women's hockey right now is just so much fun. Um, and then moving on to something completely different, in the NWHL, the two favorites are the two who, like, made the final. But kind of, like, can we talk about Buffalo and Boston? Yes, we can. And how freaking terrified I was that Boston was going to make the final and how mad I was going to be if they made the final. (laughs) Like, Brittany Ott, like, I wouldn't say she played lights out like some of the other goalies this weekend, but, like, she had a really good game. And I was like, if Brittany Ott, like... You were just mad that I was going to be like, hey, I've talked shit about her all year. And I was like, if Brittany Ott steals this game for the pride and they win, I'm going to be so mad. It's going to be like all off season and I'm going to be so mad at myself. 
and just mad in general. And like, thank God. Okay. But can we, okay. Disclosure. I love Buffalo. Like, since the NWHL has kind of like come into existence, like the Buttes have kind of been like my favorite team, kind of because they're like the scrappy underdogs or they have been in the, the past two years. Um, so like I am speaking from a place that is extremely, not extremely, but it is biased um, because I enjoy Buffalo. Like, the way that that series ended, like, as dramatically in my mind as it did, like, Corinne Bowie, who has really, like, just come into her own in Boston. She's the pride killer. (laughs) And I love it. Like, she was, because she was on the pride first, right? She was on Boston first. And, like, was very much overshadowed by the Olympians on that team. And, like, everyone who wasn't an Olympian was. Like, Rachel Lonnie is on that team, and now she's freaking shining in China. And, like, now Bowie is, like, the captain of Buffalo. Like, players who are on that team who are very, very, very good players and just don't get the ice time because you have Hillary Knight and Brianna Decker on your team. So Bowie ties it um, late because Boston had the lead going into the third. And then Sarah Casorso wins it. And I was doing, like, research before the podcast. It's her first NWHL goal ever. Right. And I was like, good freaking timing. Uh. I think, you know, speaking of also, you you mentioned the um, national team players on the Pride overshadowing other Pride players. I think we've seen a lot of, you know, the two, three year Pride players really stepping up this year. Yes. You know, looking at Lexi Bender, looking at um, Jillian Dempsey. Uh, I would even throw Emily Field and Dana Trevino in there, even though Trevino um, is technically a national team player um, who didn't get centralized this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think especially with – oh, and um, Gallardi, Gallardi and Jordan G- Smelker. Gallardi, Smelker, and Dempsey are the big ones for me. Yeah. To me, they really stepped up a lot this year. I think that's – possibly a reason as to why the pride struggled so much at the beginning of the season is because we did see them really turn up the heat and like look a lot better in the second half of the season uh is that they all kind of found their roles and found their footing yeah um and you had yes you had been bashing Brittany hot <laughs> Possibly rightfully so because she looked like poop at the beginning of the season. <laughs> um, Sands the last game of the season. I mean, or uh, the last regular season game of the season against the Riveters. Um, though I would even argue she looked pretty good until the end there. I think she even kind of found her own because she had been playing behind national team players for yeah, so yeah. long. You know, like her time in the Blades, her time at the Pride, she was constantly playing behind national team players where, you know, you don't really have to worry as much. Yeah, it's a, it's a different, I think it's a different dynamic for sure. Especially, yeah. And especially like you said, because like with those Olympians gone, players had to kind of figure out a new role this year. So not only are you behind a defense that's less talented, you're behind a defense that's trying to like figure out where they fit in on yeah. the ice. And, you know, Kalia, I, I feel like 
if I had to say a most improved player for the pride over the season, I would vote Kalia Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. She looked shaky as hell at the beginning of the season. Yeah, um, yeah, she did. And at the end of the season, I felt like I wasn't noticing her as much, which is a good thing for a defender. That I kind of don't want to notice a defender. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. That because is... you'll notice them when they turn the puck over. And that was what I wanted to say that I can't remember about Jessica Wong is that we weren't noticing her because she was doing her job. And like yeah. Kalia Johnson, the same thing. Like the fact that we're not talking about her as much is because she's doing her job. Like, yeah. And I'm looking good. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that playoff game against between the pride and the buttes, I missed overtime because oh. eating dinner. It, I, I was terrified. Like, I was genuinely, like, the Boston's, Boston's going to upset them. And I was going to be really upset. Because, it's not like, an upset. It isn't. Michelle. No, it's not. It is. Oh, my God. The, it's in the numbers. It's in, like, oh, my God. I, I just, I just, I, I, I think, okay. Oh, my God. If I we think the in, way... <laughs> Oh, okay, what were you going to say? Because we keep trying to talk over each other. I was going to say, if we were in the same room, I'd be, like, trying, to, like, just shaking your shoulders being like, no, it isn't upset. They were, like, ten points ahead of them in the standings. Like, yes. oh, my God. <clears throat> Boston, no. Buffalo is more cohesive. Buffalo is more, okay, okay. Here's here's what I think. Maybe on paper, Boston is the better team. We said that at the beginning of the season, right? Buffalo yes. Buffalo has been more cohesive since day one. And Boston has had a hard time putting their whole lineup together. Like they have had have had trouble clicking. So maybe if Boston had like a year to get their shit together, we we this wouldn't be an upset. But the way that things shook out this season, Buffalo was the favorite team coming in, and they were the team that should have won this game, and they did. See, I, I guess I just struggle with you saying that on paper they were the better team, because by the end of the season, I definitely think Buffalo was the better team. But I don't think that Boston beating Buffalo would have been an upset. Yeah. I think. But I think looking at the way the two teams played each other all season, Mm. they were decently even matched. But I think that's fair to say for, like, most matchups in the NWHL. It was, like, I mean, even with the Whale, like, they did not get a lot of points this season. But, like, they played hard against everybody. Like they I think there's a difference between playing hard and being evenly matched. Are you talking about skill-wise? Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. Like, I would say that, like, if the Whale would have beat the the Riveters, that would have been an upset. Yeah. That I w- think the Buttes beating the Pride last season was an upset, but I don't think the Buttes, if the Pride had beat the Buttes this season, it would have been an upset. I think it would have been less of an upset. I still wouldn't call it an upset. I think it would have been less That's of an upset. A, well, we can agree to disagree. Yeah. We've been arguing I, I don't this think, for two yeah, weeks. I don't think we're going to convince the other on this one. <laughs> um, and then, but yeah, and then uh, the pride. Wow. No, that's just what we talked about. The whale and the riveters. The whale held on for longer than I thought they would. Yes. 
uh, as we mentioned before, when you had to text, when I had to ask you for <laughs> score updates and you were like, it was one to nothing in, or two to nothing after the two periods, I was mm-hmm. like, are you shitting me? Uh-huh. Sydney uh, Rossman did really, really well. Like she had a good, she had a good yeah. game through two periods and then the Riveters were like, oh, surprise bitches and turn, like flip the switch and that was it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really interesting point about women's hockey in general is that if, because the seasons are generally much shorter and the playoffs tend to be much shorter, if you have a hot goaltender, yeah, if your goalie has a good game, you can run the table. I mean, we saw that last season with Brianne McLaughlin in the, in the, in the, in the, the, the grand final, the grand final. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the reason the Buttes have an Isabel Cup is because of Brianne McLaughlin. Because she had the game like, no, of her goddamn butts, the, yeah. the game of her goddamn life. If I was Brianne McLaughlin, even if I didn't want to retire after last season, I'd be like, I'm done. I've peaked. <laughs> this is it. It's all over from here. Like I'm just, I'm done. Because like, like it gets, in women's hockey, a good goaltender can can really make or break your game. Mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, I think you could say that about hockey in general, but like, I mean, in a in a women's hockey where like parity is still kind of like, depending on what league you're in, is still kind of like fluctuating. I guess for lack of a better term, like there are some teams yeah. who are clearly more skilled than others, but you get a hot goalie and like that's it. Like, especially because women's hockey is such a sh- condensed season. Yeah, and because a lot of the time the championships are not a seven it's not a seven game series it's a one game winner take all it's not even five which i think is better than three i mean it it gets to the point where like if you're trying to play over a weekend like three games is the only thing that's feasible yeah oh definitely i i i would love a five game series like that would uh, the dream the dream but the dream would be these women being able to get paid to play paid living wages to pay Page. so that we can see a longer a, a, a longer season with more games you know the end mm-hmm. of plays 16 games oh both leagues played less than 30 games this year yeah so you're pretty fucking short mm-hmm. i would love to see a, a time when women's hockey can pay these women livable wages to maybe just have to work like to not, time to not have to work to not have to work at all to be able to yeah. play pro hockey like let's like WNBA like this is your job yeah like to be like yeah so that way we can see longer seasons that would give us a better look at how these teams can match up and also longer playoffs that aren't three games in three days I would love like even first round be a three game series second round yeah. Best of five. Or a best, three game series or over like four days. Yeah, like actual legitimate rest. Like freaking the CWHL, that three game series for Calgary and Montreal that went to triple goddamn overtime was three games in three days. Like, yeah. You're exhausted at that point. I'm exhausted thinking about it. Yeah, like I can't imagine, I can't imagine like playing. Like, going into that third overtime and being like, Jesus Christ, you played two games, the two games prior, and now you're basically in your second game on the same damn day. Like, 
Yeah. Oh my god. Prediction. Isabel Cup prediction. Oh god. Riveters. Same. But see, here's the thing: is that the only losses Riveters have 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 the only losses the Riveters have had all season have come to the Buttes. Which I think is fair because And I think the Buttes have something to the Buttes are undisputed, the second team in the league. Michelle. Okay. I'm not saying the Buttes <laughs> are undisputedly the second team in the league. I I'm am. just saying it wouldn't have been an upset. A three beating a two isn't an upset. <laughs> They beat them by more than, like, it was not close until the end of the season. Boston almost wasn't fourth. Whatever. This is a conversation we did not have on the podcast. Um, Yeah, but I think Riveters, too. Um, Like, I understand that they have lost to the Buttes in the past. However, Mie Dench is healthy, so they're rolling a full lineup. Madison Packer's on fire. Um... Alexa Grusha was on fire. Like the whole the whole roster is playing well, and I think I mean Amanda, Madison Packer is playing incredible. Madison Packer's been just freaking phenomenal. Like Amanda Levier has been good for the Buttes. The Buttes have been good as a team. Like Bowie and Sorso and Skamura and like that whole team has been good. I just like I said this at the beginning of the year. Like the Riveters are just so like top to bottom, they're stacked. Like, uh, they really are. Um, they if they beat themselves, then the Buttes will win this game. Like Boston last year beat themselves, and and also Brian McLaughlin has a game of her life. So like I guess yeah, I guess if Amanda Levier just elevates her game even more than she already has, it, there's a chance. Like we saw that last year, but I think the Riveters for me are the favorite. The Riveters are definitely the favorite. There's no arguing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. I struggle. I mean, I don't struggle to say the Riveters. I think the Riveters deserve it going, what, yes, 11 that's, and yeah. 0? Um, I, think, yeah, I think they'll win it. But I also think the Buttes will give them a really good run for their money. It's hard to count the Buttes out of anything. It really it is. really is. Like, and, and I mean, after last year, like, I mean, freaking their entire three-year history, they play with a chip on their shoulder. Like, even, Oh, yeah. Even this year, like, where they kind of... I, I think this is the, probably the best Buttes team of the three seasons. Like, I still feel like they play with a chip on their shoulder. Just because, like... Oh, yeah. They've they've never really been the clear-cut favorite in anything. And so they're mm-hmm. kind of like... They, they're playing with something to prove all the time. Yeah, I, I think it's the most well... I wouldn't say it's the best Buttes team of all time. You know, because they lost Megan Bozak, Emily Fowler, Brianne McLaughlin. Kelly but I think Stedman. it's the most well-rounded. Oh, and Kelly Stedman. Sorry, oh, I forgot you about Kelly Stedman. Um, but I think it's the most well-rounded. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think that has a lot to do with it. I think that's really good. Uh, that's a really good point. This is the most well-rounded feuds team we've seen in three years, for sure. So, yeah. like, if if everyone, I mean. Like, if everyone brings their game. I think know? it's going to be a really good game on Sunday. I, I'm stoked. Like, like it would have been, okay, whether it's an upset or not, if, if it had been Boston Riveters, it would have been a different game than, mm-hmm. than Buffalo Riveters. And I'm very, I'm very excited that the final is going to be Buttes Rives. 
Same. Because the pride play like shit against the Riveters. <laughs> like yeah. they did, the pride was doing so well at the end of the season. And then that last home game, they played the Riveters. And Ooh. it was like. <clears throat> Ooh, not good. Sorry, that was probably really loud. Should we move to Let's Stump Hannah? Slash yeah, let's. Let's stump Hannah. Okay, I have one question this week, but I know you Dude, have... Dude, I have three. Okay, pick one, because I only have one. Oh, okay. Also, because we've gone a hundred years on this podcast. I got one. I pulled it up. Okay. Okay. So, as we talked about, there were a lot of overtimes. So many. Considering only... Oh, and this comes from uh, one of our favorite twins, LexiV29. Hey! Uh, considering only CWHL, NWHL, NCAA, semi, and finals, and U-Sport National Championships, oh, how many overtime and shootouts were played oh, this no. weekend? Yeah. I didn't follow the U-Sports finals. I'm sorry, Canadian listeners. There was so much hockey. Oh, no. Um, okay. How many, how many overtime and shootouts? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna have to get. Are you gonna get? Do you have, do I have choices? Um, no. Son of a gun! I'm gonna have to guess. Okay, just. I can count. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, can, I can count. I can count. Only including semis, and finals. Yeah, pretty much just including the Frozen Four. Okay, so all three games of the Frozen Four went to OT. So that's three. The Buttes went to OT. The Ribs did not. Game three went to OT in the CWHL. Game two went to overtime in the CWHL for Calgary. So that's six. Oh, wait. How many overtime periods? Sorry. I read. I need to read what? No. No, that's a different question. Not how many games went to overtime, but how many overtime periods happened. This is unfair. I call bullshit. Ah. I don't know. I don't know what happened in U sports. Oh my god! So I'm at nine. My guess is my guess is eleven, because I don't know what happened in U Sports, and I counted nine in the NCAA and Dub and C Dub. Thirteen. God damn it! What are they? One for the NWHL, five for the CWHL, five for the NCAA, and then in U Sports had one OT and one shootout. What? Okay. Ugh. My question for you is. Um, okay, this is from Ariane at Rye D29. Oh, so the other sister. The other, the the other, other twin. twin. Thanks. You guys are the best. Keep sending us questions. Um, where did Anne-Sophie Bate end up in the standings this year for most points? So what was her, her ranking in points? Uh, I'm just gonna have to fucking guess. I mean, yeah. Go with fourth. Wow, you're really just underestimating Anthony Bate, aren't you? She's coming first. No, Kelly Stack came in first by like a mile. Yeah, that's what I knew. Yeah. Second. So she was tied for second. Huh. Do you know who she with was? Who? Do you know who she was tied with? Uh, this is a player on Tunlin. No, thank you. <laughs> Kaylee Mercer is who she's tied with. Ah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. 
forth. It's Anne Sophie oh, Batay. Oh, shut up. She's an angel. Um. On the wings of an angel. Um. Should we just go to the bench start cut? Because we talked for like a million hours. We talked for a hundred years. Noratu peas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we talked for a hundred years. Yeah, we should just go. Uh, We answered the the mailbag questions with our predictions. um, When we didn't really have a ton more that was timely. Yeah. So I think, I think, and we got some good start bench cuts this week. Yeah, we did. So I think we should skip to that. This is quickly becoming our, our favorite segment. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to go with, um, let's start with Alexa's. Hillary Knight, Marie Philippe, <gasps> uh, or Melody Duat. I I caught myself and I said it right the second time. What up, bitches? I, you're, I'm so proud. I'm a, so you. proud. Um, I hate this question. I hate this I question. <sighs> I didn't even like it on Twitter. That's how much I hated it. Like I thought, like I thought the question that we had of the the goalie performances one was hard because that was like looking at the every goalie's best performance. I hate this question. Oh my god. Oh my god. Because like, am I looking at like Olympics melody though? Am I looking at, like, in general, Marie Philippe Lynn? Am I looking at Hillary Knight, like, oh, my God. You know, See, I oh, thought a lot about this question, and I, I have my answer. Okay. It's, it's kind of hot takey. Go first. It also kind of strongly aligns with how I feel about things. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to start Marie Philippe because Hasht- I'm an MPP fangirl. Hashtag good be you, girl. Yes. Uh, I'm going to bench Hillary Knight cause I, just because. And I'm going to cut Melanie Dow. Melody. Melody. See, Did I call her Melody? Yeah. That's, that's a product of too much wine. <laughs> I mean, fair. I'm on my third glass. Um, here's, here's the thing. Um... I'm gonna cut Hillary Knight. <laughs> um, and I can't decide whether I want to start Rally Dalou or Marie Philippe Boulet because the Olympics, because the Olympics are so close, and Melody Dalou was the best player in the Olympics, and I know that over their body of work, Knight and Poulin are better. But I have not been impressed with Hillary Knight recently, which is why I'm cutting her. Oh my god. I'm gonna. Oh my god. <laughs> Michelle's gonna kill me. Oh my god. Oh, this is timely. It's the words I'm looking for. Okay. Uh, Tumblr post. What okay. did Hillary Knight do? Nothing. Oops, did I say that out loud? Won two national champions with Wisconsin. Owns the record for most goals by a Badger, male or female, in school history with 143. Damn, I should have saved that first on Hannah. Won the Clarkson Cup. Won the inaugural Isabel Cup. Participated in nine women's <laughs> worlds, capturing seven gold medals and two silvers. Participated in seven foreign Asian Cups, winning six golds and oh, one silver. Something okay. that just said this, which is a link, which I'm clicking on currently. 
and oh it was the lol tweet yeah <laughs> uh, but really it was one of the most outspoken and vocal social media presences during the hashtag be bold from change boycott she did the body issue but that's literally not why we love her but yes it is because hell yeah those arms uh that <laughs> second part was my editorializing uh scored the overtime game winning goal in the 2017 women's world championships against canada Canada, as the team nearly boycotted in search of equal treatment, participated in three Winter Olympic Games, was the youngest member of the Vancouver team in 2010, and most recently won a gold medal, left the team during a victory tour to go on SNL, signed with the Canadians literally one day after the victory tour ended, practiced with the Ducks that one time, has endorsements, yes, that did have a question mark at the end of it, Uh, has endorsements with Red Bull and Shivani and does not hesitate to wrote them hashtag brand once again editorializing <laughs> that part uh has a dog named winston whom she and we love okay and you're gonna cut her for melanie dow melody really? say her Shit. name correctly melody michelle. <laughs> jesus michelle yeah melody dow who was the olympic mvp in her like first major senior international debut <sighs> fight me Michelle? I will. Over Michelle, the phone. okay. Hillary and Marie Philippe are older than Melody, so of course they're going to have done more than her. Like, no shit. I'm tired that I just read that all out loud. I know that Hillary Knight has done a hundred million things. I get it, okay? But I was not impressed with her. <laughs> I've had too much alcohol. I was not impressed in her CWHL playoff debut, nor was I super impressed during the Olympics. We've already talked about the CWHL and why she wasn't impressive. I don't because care. Conspiracy theories. Fine. To I'm going to start. I'm going to start Marie Philippe Poulin. I'm going to bench Melody Dau. I'm still going to cut Niter because I'm going with my gut. I loved watching Melody Dau, and I can't wait for her to dominate the Canadian national team and give me heart attacks for the next decade. Hockey Canada, don't screw this up. She's really good. Oh, okay, let's make a different one. <laughs> I love this segment. We just scream at each other for like 10 minutes. I know. Oh, I like this one. We'll save. Uh, so this is from Eric Gustafson. It's the second he gave us two, so we'll just do one. Uh, Jennifer Wakefield, Michelle Carvina, yes. and Laura Stadler. Stalder. Stalder. Uh, yes, I, I like, like this one. I like to add and delete letters, apparently. Yep, and rearrange them. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I liked this one a lot. Um, except it's going to be really hard. Shit. <laughs> so Stalder, Carvinen, and Wakefield. Wakefield. So the tough part for me with this one is that Wakefield kind of tends to slide under the radar, I think. Yeah, but she's really... She's really good. I'm having a hard time with Stalder on this one. Because I don't want to cut her, but, like, the other two... This this is very much, like, a Knight and Poulin versus Dao situation. And that Stalder is so young, but she's so good. I think I'm just going to keep him in that order. I want to start Wakefield, Bench, Carvinen, 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 and Cut, Stalder. Solely based on their full body work. I just don't want to, I don't, I don't want to cut anyone. Can I not cut anyone? No, that's not how the game is played, Hannah. I don't like it. I know. Um, 
I don't want to cut Stalder. But I don't want to cut Carvin in either. I'm going to start Wakefield. I'm going to bench Stalder. I'm going to cut Carvin in. I am sorry. (laughs) I can't. I can't. I can't cut Lara Stalder. I can't. I know you can't. I can't do it. My heart won't let me. I know. And I know, like, Carvin, like, oh, it breaks my heart to cut Carvin in. It does. But I have to. Because that's how the game is played. And I hate it. Okay, I think we're good. I think we need to wrap it up. Yeah. We are at two hours of recording. Let's um, close this shit down. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Um, if, if you're still listening. If you're still listening. I don't know how long. It's probably going to be an hour and a half. Um, we didn't how does do, anybody listen to us talk this long? We didn't do mailbag this week, but if you would like to have, if you have a mailbag question that you want answered, use the hashtag top shelf mailbag. And tweet at Michelle and I. Michelle, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitters at, at Michelle underscore J-A-Y-3. And then... The most seamless Twitter handle read I've had all year. It really is. Ooh. And you can find me at Hannah underscore Beavis1. That is B-E-V-I-S-1. Um, if you listen to the podcast, please use the hashtag Top Shelfie. Because um, we want to see who is listening to us and tweet a picture of whatever you're drinking while you're listening to the podcast. If you're drinking anything, you don't have to drink while you listen to this podcast, but, you know, if you do. You can drink water. Drink water. Yeah, it doesn't have to be alcohol. It can be, like, tea or water or wine. Orange juice. Or orange juice. Whatever. Um, I just went to try to find my phone to take a picture of the bottle of wine and then realized I was holding it in my hand. My glass is currently empty, so... Uh, not really a whole lot I can do there. Um, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, um, Google Play, Google Play, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, um, SoundCloud. So we are on, hopefully, your favorite podcast app under Top Shelf Podcast Network. If you did not know, nope, the Ice Garden Podcast Network. Jesus Christ, I do that every time. (laughs) Top Shelf. Oh my god, I did it again. Michelle, say it. <laughs> we are on all the podcast things under the Ice Garden Podcast Network where you can find us hanging out with uh, Founding Four Podcast, which is hosted by Erica Ayala. Ayala. I definitely just said that wrong. Oh my god. <laughs> We're never going to get through this talk out. <laughs> Erica and Mike host it and they talk about NWHL things. So go. if you like that, just listen to them. Also, if you don't want to hear us talking about Nora Ratu peeing for 10 minutes. I'm pretty sure Erica and Mike tend to pronounce things correctly, too. Um, yeah. But it's fine. They also aren't, like, half drunk. But that's our brand. That's our hashtag brand. Hashtag brand. Just like how Hillary Knight is hashtag brand Shabani and Red Bull and GoPro. We're hashtag alcohol and saying things wrong. If anyone wants to sponsor us, any alcohol companies we will drink whatever it is no um, we won't yeah if they sponsor us if they pay us money yes oh, that's I, true. yes i will um okay i think that's it thank you for, <laughs> thank you for listening this was a trip um playoffs are around the corner we're about ready to die because the season has been so ridiculous so we'll see you next week when the championships are over and we'll be literally dead. Goodbye. Ciao. The ice card is
Did you know if you search succulents and hockey on Etsy, <laughs> nothing comes up? <laughs> I'm literally shopping for your birthday present right now. Michelle, can you do this after the podcast? No.